listening to the Broadcast Basement On Demand Radio Network. It's the podcast in the Broadcast Basement. Broadcastbasement.com. Coming to you from the Whitney City Slam Studios in the southwest suburbs of Chicago, this is Windy City Slam Podcast. Welcome on in everyone, Mike Pankow here, founder and editor of WindyCitySlam.com and the host of Windy City Slam Podcast. And this week, I'm very excited to welcome a first-time guest once again. He is the founder and promoter for Second Wrestling, Rabbi Jeremy Fine. He'll be joining us in a little bit to talk about their first ever show creation on Sunday, December the 12th. Very excited to get to know Jeremy a little bit and talk a little bit about Second Wrestling. All right. This past weekend in local Chicago professional wrestling, we're going to talk about AAW's Windy City Classic and the stack show that that was. But first, let's go to the national scene. Let's talk about AEW Dynamite, Wintrust Arena last Wednesday night, epic promo showdown of CM Punk and MJF. It was amazing. It was what everybody was expecting if those two ever got face-to-face. It was enthralling, thrilling, incredible. And a lot of barbs traded each way, a lot of good barbs, you know, a lot of WWE references too. We'll get to that in just a second. I loved it. It was great stuff. And I can't wait to see them have more promo showdowns and eventually an in-ring feud between the two, CM Punk and MJF. Now, I heard and read reports that Tony Khan was reportedly livid about all the WWE references that Punk and MJF used. Uh, The Miz came up. Triple H kind of came up. John Cena came up in the in the discussion. And I kind of agree with Tony here. I mean, AEW does not need to bash WWE. They, do, they don't need to talk about WWE. They need to focus on what they've got. I mean, maybe once in a while for a point of reference, maybe mention something. But AEW is its own product. It's now established for almost three years. Dynamite's been on the air for a little over two Focus on your guys. Focus on your wrestlers. Homegrown talent as well. I mean, I like the fact that MJF is one of the pillars of the company. You got Darby Allen. You got Jungle Boy. People like that. Britt Baker became a star in AEW. Focus on them. And yeah, if you bring in a former WWE star here and there, obviously they're going to help carry your brand because people know them. They love them. They're very popular. But don't focus on WWE. Just focus on yourselves. Keep doing what you're doing. You're doing a pretty darn good job. I mean, yeah, there's a few things I still have quibbles about, but AEW is a solid product. Focus on yourselves. Tunnel vision going forward. That's my opinion. NXT War Games is this weekend, Sunday night, December the 5th on Peacock. The two War Games matches have Chicago presence in each one. And as I mentioned last week, Cora Jade is part of the Women's War Games match. Her partners are Raquel Gonzalez, Io Shirai, and Kaylee Ray. So Cora's getting some amazing rub from some great veteran talent in that match, particularly Io and Kaylee Ray. Raquel Gonzalez, a great former champion as well. And they're taking on Toxic Attraction and Dakota Kai. 
Now, in the men's war games match, Tony D'Angelo, formerly known as Joey Ariola of Pow Entertainment, is part of the Young Guns men's team, which also features Rick Steiner's son, Braun Breaker, Grayson Waller, and the NXT North American champion, Carmelo Hayes. And they're taking on the old guard of NXT champion Tommaso Ciampa, Johnny Gargano, Pete Dunne, and LA Knight. Should be two really good War Games matches. I thought they built them up very nicely. I like the, it's almost like the Young Guys versus the Millionaires Club from WCW on the men's side. I really, really enjoyed how that came together. I like that story how the veterans are kind of band together. The Young Guys are band together. It should be a lot of fun. And the women's match, like I said, I'm very excited about Cora Jade. You've got some new blood in the NXT Tag Team Champions of Toxic Attraction and Mandy Rose as well, who's finally getting a really good push, not just for her looks, but for somewhat for her wrestling as well. And it should be a good show. Check it out Sunday night on Peacock. Going back to local stuff, AAW Pro's Windy City Classic was last Friday night, November the 26th at 115 Bourbon Street in Marionette Park. Hell of a show, stacked card, a lot of great reaction from it. And the AAW Championship match, the winner of the Jim Lina Memorial Tournament, Matt Fitchett, is now your new AAW Heavyweight Champion. He defeats Fred Yehi to win the championship. And it's a big deal for Matt, known for years with the besties in the world with Davey Vega. Really, really breaking out now as a single star. And Davey's doing some good stuff on his own as well. And congratulations to Matt Fitchett on winning that championship. And we'll get a little bit more into Matt when we talk to Rabbi Jeremy Fine coming up about second wrestling. Then we have a new AAW women's champion. Congratulations, Sky Blue. Defeats Allison K for the title. Afterward, Christy Janes attacks Sky. Now, earlier in the evening, Christy Janes won a contenders match, a four-way to set up a future match with Sky Blue. We will get to that in just a second. AAW Tag Team Championships. New champions, Hammerstone and Ace Perry. They defeat Jake Something and Dante Leon to win the titles. In the AAW Championship Contenders match, it was Rich Swan prevailing in a four-way over Josh Alexander, Davey Vega, and Brody King. And now the big ladder match. A lot at stake here, too. A future championship match for the winner. And that goes to Schaff. And he outlasts Ren Jones, Storm Grayson, Gringo Loco, Jossie, Jake Lander, Braden Lee, and Hartenbauer. And in that AAW Women's Championship Contenders match that I alluded to a little earlier, Christy Janes defeats Charlie Evans, Lady Frost, and Sierra in a four-way. Bourbon Street fight, we had Ace Austin and Myron Reed defeating the team of Hakeem Zane and Karlam. Silas Young defeats Manders with a handful of tights. And Russ Jones defeated Larry D. So another terrific card for AAW. They're back in action at the end of December. And one more local item of note before we get on to what's coming up. Yours rudely, Trevor Outlaw, suffering a freak ACL injury after his attack on Matt Nix at Freelance Wrestling's Purple Poppy Big Birthday Blood a couple weeks ago. Tore the ACL. He's going to be out six to nine months from in-ring action. 
that's a big bummer because I really like what Trevor's been doing on the scene over the last few months. Great heel promo, great ring work. He has all the great experience between Freelance Wrestling Academy and the Nightmare Factory. And best wishes, even though he's not always nice to us or anybody else for that matter, best wishes on a speedy recovery for yours truly, Trevor Outlaw. Want to get more customers for your business? Promoters, do you want more exposure for your upcoming event? Windy City Slam Podcast can be your tag team partner. Advertise with Windy City Slam and reach wrestling fans in the Chicagoland area and in the Midwest. Message us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, or email MikePankow at WindyCitySlam.com. That's M-I-K-E-P-A-N-K-O-W at WindyCitySlam.com. Coming up this weekend, we have a bunch of shows to talk about. It's We're going to start with Wisconsin's biggest independent wrestling show of the year, Blizzard Brawl. That's Saturday night, December the 4th at Waukesha County Expo Center. That's just outside of Milwaukee. There's just a couple of dozen tickets left now as of this recording. So if you don't have your tickets yet, you better hurry up and get them. And also, if you want more on this show... GLCW promoter David Hero was a special guest last week, and if you missed it or you just want to listen again to get previewed for the show, he's on last week's episode of Windy City Slam Podcast, and you can get that on the archives from wherever you download your podcasts or even listen at WindyCitySlam.com. The main matches on this show, the main event is the Titan Adam Share, formerly known as Braun Strowman in WWE, and his partner EC3 taking on Jake Something and Rohit Raju. For the GLCW Championship, Backwoods Brown defends against WWE legend Val Venus. And for the OVW National Heavyweight Championship, Mr. Pectacular himself, Jesse Goddard, defends the championship against Fanny Pack Kid Cal Hero. Plus you have Joe Doring, Joey Jet Avalon, you have Kevin Thorne, The Express, the Gun Club, ODB, Sierra, and so much more. So if you, again, you don't have your tickets for Blizzard Brawl, blizzardbrawl.com right now, because the show is going to be a sellout. You better hurry up and get your tickets in advance, because I don't think there's going to be any at the door. Also, Saturday night, December the 4th, and this is a big show. I'm very excited about this. Freelance Undergrounds, you're going to shoot your eye out. That's at Church Street Brewing in Itasca. And we've been waiting for about six weeks for this. Project Monix makes his in-ring return for the first time since the ultimate swerve at the final phase. He takes on Matt Nix, whom he attacked following that match with Calvin Tankman. Now, they've done a good job of hyping this match up online. There's some real bad blood here now. Monix wants to spread his wings. He's in the main event now. He's taking on the freelance founder himself, Matt Nix. Going to be great. Special twist to the match, special referee is Two Juice, Andy Long, who's also a co-promoter for Freelance Underground and one of the guys that Monarchs attacked after the show. So we'll see if Andy's partial towards Matt Nix, but we'll see. Then a couple of other matches that have been announced. Freelance Underground Championship, Calvin Tagman defends against O'Shea Edwards, and four the Freelance Underground Independent Championship one-on-one match. Storm Grayson in his first title defense goes up against the longtime former champion, Laney Luck. You could also expect 
wrestlers like GPA and the Iron Demon Shane Mercer and much more. So stay tuned for Freelance Underground this weekend. POW Entertainment presents Rage Reaction. That's also Saturday night, December the 4th. That'll be at Rumpels in Twin Lakes, Wisconsin. Featuring for the POW Heavyweight Championship, Scott Spade, the champion with Tiny in his corner, defends against the Fat Femme Asian sensation, Mateo Valentine. That should be interesting. It's kind of a new blood in POW Entertainment. Mateo's been doing some great things on the Friday Night Light shows and in CSW as well. And now he gets a chance to shine on the big POW Entertainment stage against Spade in a title match. Then we have for the POW Tag Team Championship, Revolution, Jimmy Blaze and Eric Freedom, defending the titles against IPA, Medox O'Bannon, and Kevin O'Reilly. Vic Capri takes on POW. We have the BMI splitting up into singles matches. First, we have Jamie Race with Joey Roth in his corner against Trog the Caveman. And then Mike Idol with Roxy in his corner taking on Axel Abrio. Plus, Trainwrecker takes on Danger Mask. Turning the page to Rocket Pro Wrestling, and that's Christmas Chaos, Saturday night, December the 4th, at St. Joseph Park in Joliet, Illinois. Just, just a couple of the matches to be excited for in that one include a five-count match. Now, this is an interesting stipulation. The former champion Chris Logan has the deck stacked against him. He faces the Filth King, Nick Brubaker, Brubaker only needs to score a three count to win the match. But for Logan to win, he needs a five count on Brubaker. So the former champion has some forces working against him. Shogun's got to get a five count. And very interesting to see if he can pull that off. Three counts aren't easy, but man, five counts? Oof. Rocket Pro Tag Team Championships. The champions, no coast, defending against Youth Gone Wild. We have a three way match for the Outer Limits title, Aaron Stone defending against the Wicked side, Brooks Berna, and Gunner Brave. Plus, Nikki Rocks takes on K.O. Kendra, and a future Outer Limits title shot is on the line when Just Amazing faces Quinn Wittick, faces Sabotage, and Damian Deshane in a four-way match. Winner gets a future championship shot at the Outer Limits title. The mercenary Garrison Creed returns to Joliet when he takes on the killer Kaz Carter. And old evil Christian Rose has a championship contract in his pocket, but he's forced to defend that contract against none other than the Chicago bear hug himself, Steve Michaels. I don't like Christian Rose's chances in that one. Steve Michaels is on a high from Ghostbusters Afterlife being in theaters. And you don't want to piss him off because he'll take you out. And I think Steve Michaels ended up wrestling away that contract shot. And then also second wrestling creation. It's the debut show Sunday, December the 12th in Northbrook, Illinois. We will talk all about that coming up in moments with second wrestling founder and promoter, Rabbi Jeremy Fine. Stay tuned. Check out WindyCitySlam.com for news, analysis, photo galleries, and links for Chicago and independent wrestling, plus stories on the big boys such as AEW, WWE, and Impact Wrestling. Also, while you're there, catch up on the latest episodes of Windy City Slam Podcast. 
All right, back here on Windy City Slam podcast this week, and we're so excited to be welcoming another first-time guest, and he's the promoter for the brand spanking new second wrestling promotion. He is Rabbi, yes, I said Rabbi, Rabbi Jeremy Fine. Jeremy, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Mike. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited that we're able to do this and connect, and yeah, second wrestling is about to get off uh, the ground and, and start running full steam ahead. Yeah, and happy Hanukkah to you and yours as well. Thank you. Yes, presents uh, came last night. I got a mission belt, which I'm very excited about. So uh, eight nights, the girls uh, think, it, my girls, my daughters think it should be eight presents for eight nights. They don't understand it should be one present, right? So we're working on that. We're working on that right now. <laughs> yeah, it'll take them all to get used to, uh, to yes. get used to all that. Yeah. <laughs> No, you don't get 64 total presents. No, you do not. You do not. They, uh, you know, they get, they get a lot on the first night because, you know, relatives will give them. So we make a big night on the first night and then, then we spread it out. So, <laughs> so um, before we talk about second wrestling, you are a rabbi up in Deerfield. Uh, talk a little bit about how you got into um, being a rabbi. Sure. Yeah. So um Going to college, I wanted to do one thing and one thing only, and that was coach college basketball. Uh, so I was up at, at uni high, uh, coaching high school while I, was in, while I was in college. Actually, Tony Khan from AEW was on that team. Uh, he was the team manager. So I know Tony a little bit uh, from our many years ago. And, um, and you know, Russ, I, I actually sent in a, a tape at some point for Tough Enough but I didn't even know there was like wrestling school. I didn't even know of this, you know, world so much, except for what I saw on TV. And uh, about freshman year, I decided I had a great experience uh, being an educator a little bit in the Jewish world and sort of loved working with people and really wanted to see rabbis like myself. And by, what I mean by that is um, people who were interested in sports, people who who, you know, when your rabbi can cross you over on the basketball court, uh, it's a different experience than when he or she is just preaching to you from the synagogue. And I wanted, I wanted to, to provide that. I actually didn't have any desire to go into synagogue work, sort of wanted to be like, um, you know, work in Jewish education or a school, like a head of school, a rabbi of a school, something like that. And along the way, realized that I love being in the pulpit, working with uh, all different generations, people at their highest and lowest moments and be able to work through them. And, and first and foremost, before wrestling it is, you know, certainly is my job, which uh, really is a seven day a week, 24 hours, you know, and I love it. And, and it only is because of being a rabbi and working in a synagogue that it opened the doors for wrestling for me. And uh, that's absolutely a part of my story. It will be a part of second wrestling story. And uh, yeah, we're excited to sort of share that. And I can talk a little bit more about why uh, this is an important venture. Yeah, um, college basketball coach. Now that's an interesting and, and noble um, occupation. And uh, I have a lot of experience covering college basketball as I did a, a website and newsletter for UIC basketball for many, many years. And I've got to know a lot of wonderful people. And in fact, one of the guys I've gotten to know just a little bit is the guy that you actually interviewed. And we'll get into that a little bit later on, but a guy named Dion Thomas who was an assistant coach at UIC for a few years and uh, college basketball. Now um, 
how did that not work out for you? <laughs> I didn't that. You know, it's a great question. So I was coaching in the high school level. I tried out for the Illinois. So I played in high school. I played at a, at a Jewish school called Ida Crown. Um, you know, I just averaged almost couple, over 20 points a game my senior year, close to 20 points a game my junior year. The, the biggest break I almost had was a, a, was a five-star camp that I was invited to, but it got shut down. And that summer is actually the summer I went, I went back to Jewish summer camp and that probably changed my trajectory. And when I tried out for Illinois, we were, you know, one of the best teams in the country. They weren't really taking walk-ons. Um, I really didn't want to go to a small school and play. Um, you know, my biggest achievement was, uh, and I tell the story often, my, my high school coach got a call from the Tribune. I was the, I think the second leading scorer, the first leading scorer for the first two or three weeks of, of the season, my senior year, I was averaging like 30 something point, 35, 36 points a game um, at the beginning of the season. And the, the Tribune called and they wanted to do a, a spot on me. And he said, no, cause we lost our last game. And he didn't want to put the player over the team. And I was like, coach, what do you mean? This is like a huge break for me. Anyways, well, he did, he wanted me to play D3. I, I, didn't do that. And I had one D1 potential tryout that I, you know, Illinois was just too much for me to pass up in the holistic view of my life. And so, but I did want to continue coaching. I thought the best way to do that was to play, but I met with uh, Sergio McLean's father, who was a coach at the time. Yes. And uh, Wayne McLean. And, and, and he told me to, and Rod Johnson, who ended up coaching at Northern Illinois, he was an assistant yep. at, at U of I. And uh, he knew who I was. And uh, so we sat and talked briefly with both these guys and they both told me to go coach high school basketball. So I did that at uni high, which was the local school in Champaign, one of the local schools and had a great experience. But on Fridays, it was very hard for me to not do anything for the Sabbath, which my family did. Even if I went out on Friday nights, you know, most Friday nights I would go watch another team play basketball. Uh, now we had some great players in this area when I was a senior, Matt Lodick at, at, at Trier and um, uh, there was a guy named Todd Nelson who played D1. He was at Niles North. They're just surrounded by high caliber D1 players um, in this area. Yep. And I just, you know, missed uh, sort of my religious um, or family time. And um, it was very hard for me and just sort of gave up coaching and said I would maybe come back to it and then did. I mean, um, I didn't and I've coached here and there, but uh, came back to it through, you know, starting my own Jewish sports website, which is really the catalyst to all this work that I've been doing in wrestling. So um, I was on the court covering the final four when Virginia won in Minnesota with the confetti raining down. And I said to myself, I may not have gotten to a final four or coached a team there, but I did get to celebrate with a team there. And I'll, and I'll take that as a, as a huge win in my life. That's really cool. And uh it's a great segue to um, my next little uh, question here. You have a website called the great Rabino Jewish sports, everything. And now you took your passion for sports and you expanded it over to the website, doing interviews and all kinds of stuff. So uh, tell me a little bit about uh, the great Rabino. Sure. So basically I was getting married one summer uh, and to my wife and um, like many grooms didn't have so much say in what was going on in my wedding, uh, except that I was the groom. Uh, so uh, my friends, I was home. Uh, my wife and I were living apart for about two years. So I came home to Chicago for the summer, didn't have much to do. And 
my friends were like, you know a lot about Jews and sports. And there's that old, obviously, airplane line where he gives them you know, a very thin packet and you should start writing. And at that time, John Shire was a big deal and, and, and others. And so I started this like a blog and one morning I woke up and had 12,000 hits. And that was the only way to analyze things back then was how many hits you were getting, right? That was the data. And it was because everyone was Googling is Julian Edelman Jewish during the Super Bowl. Uh, and um, they came to my site. And so then it started really growing. And I, I obviously I've interviewed Deanna Thomas, as you mentioned, I got to interview Dolph Shays. Uh, I've got to interview, you know, really almost everyone besides Sandy Kopix, Julian Edelman. Um, those are like the only and, uh, two names I haven't really been connected to. Um, and then it's grown and it, for, I've booked Jewish athletes at different events, uh, nonprofits and, and for-profit events uh, to speak. Uh, then I started doing more of the interviews, which I really love to do and covering events. And now the new iteration is to put on my own events, uh, starting with wrestling, although um, you could see potentially doing autograph shows and, and other uh, other sorts of events with uh, the great Rubino. So uh, it's really the longest running Jewish sports website. Um, you can learn really a lot there about if anyone is interested in that cultural side of sports, um, I'm the place to go. It's really cool. I had a chance to look it over in preparation for the interview. And I'm like, this is really, really cool. You know, you kind of <laughs> learn about more people and, you know, you don't hear, you know, especially publications necessarily for Jewish sports. So this was really, really nice job. I, I really liked it. Thank you. Yeah, we're, we're, uh, I'm looking at, you know, what, what comes next. I got an interview coming out this weekend with Dan Grunfeld, who was an all pack 10 at Stanford several years ago. His father, Ernie Grunfeld, uh, is a legendary uh, executive in the NBA for the Knicks and the Bucks. So there's some fun things and, um, you know, has a Twitter handle, though, you know, as I've blossomed into other areas, that Twitter handle has become less and less uh, what I do. I sort of just retweet other people's stuff. Uh, and the website really is, is the passion of, of a long labor of love and really the backbone of sort of my creativity and, and where I can come back to I've written for publications. I've been interviewed um, for lots of different stories, including Sports Illustrated and um, and, you know, it's a, it's a lot of fun and it opens a lot of doors. Now, second wrestling, your debut show is coming up. Uh, it's called creation and it's Sunday, December the 12th at the Bernard Wenger JCC up in Northbrook. And now second wrestling, if people may, may be confused or don't know how to find it, it's spelled with the number two and then E-C-O-N-D, wrestling. And now this is a really cool name because it's derived from Chicago, which obviously is the second city, and first wrestling out of Minnesota, which also kind of has the number in its name. So um, you had a little bit of time up at Minnesota too, so you had a chance to take in some first wrestling over the years. So what was that like? Yeah, so, um, you know, I this all started because uh, my wife, uh, surprised me about five, six years ago with tickets to an AAW show. So I had gone to Raw. I've been to a WrestleMania, you know, I watched, you know, and read wrestling a lot, probably too much to my uh, family chagrin. And it's always been sort of like my hobby. And I went to this AAW show for my birthday. My wife surprised me with tickets. Colt Cabana was on the show. Uh, so that's why she heard about it. And I loved it. I just like immediately fell in love with independent wrestling. I started to read everything, get to know everyone. Um, Swerve Scott was on that show. I was mesmerized by him. Obviously, Colt, I mentioned, um, and, and others. 
uh, best season in the world were on that show. And so then fast forward, I was telling some congregants of mine in Minnesota about this. And they said, we should put on Temple Mania, a, a wrestling show at the synagogue. I said, that's crazy, but let's do it. So um, I started going down the path with, with a different promoter who just dropped the ball. And I emailed Colt and I said, looks, and it's not going to happen. He says, if you're going to make wrestling happen in Minnesota, you call Eric Cannon. So I called Eric Cannon. Uh, we, began, we began a friendship. Uh, we started with our first show called uh, Mitzvah Mayhem. Uh, it was a part of a block party. So it was the entertainment after the block party. So it had a whole new crew for keep people and eyes on it for his show. Uh, First Wrestling, for, for those who don't know, is the biggest promotion in Minnesota. They run um, amazing shows called Wrestlepalooza at First Avenue. They're relatively racy. They're not kid friendly. Uh, so um, we started being a kid brand for them a little bit and, and an offshoot. And we hosted two shows there before COVID. So we hosted uh, Mitzvah Mayhem and one called ha- Hanukkah Havoc. Uh, and we had Jewish wrestlers on the show, but also, you know, uh, other, other names who were on the show. So headlining those shows were Chris Masters, Colt Cabana, Matt Seidel. And really, they were packed and we were selling out on Wednesday nights. Um, and then we were about to, I believe, very quickly sell out the third show which uh, never happened because COVID and tickets had not, they announced the show, but tickets had not been released yet. And then during COVID, Eric Cannon and I had our, my first meeting in-person meeting with, was with Eric Cannon. And we sat down and said, how can we do wrestling safely during the pandemic? And we did. And actually, if you go back and look at first wrestling Twitter during the pandemic, you'll see the wrestlers and the fans raving about how safe we kept everyone. Uh, And that was a a big point of pride for both Eric. We trusted each other. We trusted the space. And we were able to put on six shows during COVID. uh, And and, and the wrestlers will say to you, outside of maybe Warrior Wrestling, we see these shows outdoors, because they have a football field. Um, We were the only indoor show that where people said, you know, no one removed their mask. Everyone was, you know, was, in, in, in it felt comfortable and uh, we made that happen and then we had one show after I left at the end called Exodus which was an odd to, to me leaving and starting starting creation which uh, is the so we owe a lot to first wrestling to Eric Cannon to Cole Cabana and they're both will be featured on this show of course and we'll always have a spot on, on our shows if, as long as we can uh, keep running yeah, Jewish friendly on a Sunday, which is good for you guys. Mm-hmm. Sunday afternoon, uh, matinee show up in Northbrook, and uh, you have a second to none championship tournament. And uh, I'll just run down a couple of the matches that have been announced for that. You mentioned Eric Cannon; he was supposed to wrestle Trevor Outlaw, but unfortunately, he is injured and will be out for probably six to nine months because of an ACL. So it'll be another opponent. Um, yeah, we should announce have- that this. We should announce that this week. Uh, we want to do it in a really uh, fun way. So it is a big name and we are excited and fans will not be disappointed. Yeah. It's too bad for Trevor, but I'm sure you guys got something up your sleeve. Yes. Uh, Blair Onyx against Billy Stark. So this is interesting in a way because this title is not just going to be for men, but anybody can compete for it. Yeah. We'll only have as, as of now, the plan is to have one belt. Um, but I'm not, uh, we're not opposed to having other belts featured on and other companies' belts featured on our, on our, our cards. 
so one of the things that we plan on doing is second wrestling is is being in more places um, hosting one match on other people's cards uh, being a little different that way because of my full-time job I'm not going to be able to put on a show every month right it just would be impossible so how do we sort of give fans content um, in a way that's a creative and different so uh, we expect, we hope our belt can be featured on other shows and would love other belts to be featured on our show. So, uh, and our belt will be open to anyone who wants to compete and the best talent, hopefully in the world. And then the other match that has been already announced, it's Drama King, Matt Raywalt against Dan the Dead, which should be terrific. Yeah, that's going to be a really, I'm excited in some ways, most excited about that match. Their styles will be really unique. And uh, I don't know that they've been in the ring together much. So this should be a, a, a good a good test for both of them. And then there's one other match in the tournament that hasn't been determined yet that will be at a future show, correct? Yeah, it will be at a future show. Not necessarily a future second show. Yeah. <laughs> I assume it may be because of a talent you couldn't procure for this show or maybe for a future show? No, uh, mainly for space on the card. You know, we, oh, wanted, okay. seven, we wanted seven matches. Um, we we have um you know we have colt will be uh, in a match obviously so that's four we have a uh, besties versus um uh davy bang and august matthews which is a show we really want to feature um actually when we were getting started um davy bang you know said give us the best and so we went that's one of the reasons we said you know let's let's do it let's give them the best if that's what they want so that's you know spots on the card and then you know, we wanted other matches to, uh, to have some, uh, uh, there will be some intergender wrestling so that people get used to it. So that when the winner of Billy and, um, and Blair, if they eventually face a male, it's not random. It's, it's a part of who we are. And, uh, and then, you know, there's a, there's a tag match as well. I've also saw that Swaggle is supposed to be there and, uh, Pick and Pop and Darren Corbin as well. Is that correct? Yeah, all of them should be there unless, I'm, you know, I, I'm learning very quickly that cards are subject to change. Yeah. Uh, that is a real saying. Uh, yeah, so they all should be there. Um, they've, been, they've been great. You know, working with everyone has been uh, wonderful. Uh, you know, I can't tell you how many wrestlers have already reached out to us. Uh, we're taking this very seriously. I know that people can be cynical about it, but anyone who sends us matches, we watch them. Um, anyone who, uh, sends us a resume, we read it. Uh, our intent is to every show, if we can have one or two people, give them an opportunity to expand their resume. Uh, we will try to do that. We will try to have different representation on our show, uh, which makes it very hard, you know, if we're not doing a lot of shows, but, you know, we have someone named Corey O'Neill. Corey was the first person to reach out to us. He's from based in Texas. Uh, but he's going to be in Chicago for the show and we watch his match and we want to give him a spot uh, because we like that people take the initiative and, and trusted us to put on the show that will highlight them and feature them as much as they're going to, uh, as much as, you know, we, we respect that they respected us and we want to reciprocate to not just the fans, but the wrestlers as well. You mentioned the besties in the world against the bang bros. Now this is a thing, right? Yeah, they're, they're, these two are going to go head to head. I think their styles are going to be great together. Uh, I, I have um, Besties worked a show for us at first at first wrestling uh, when when we was in Minnesota, 
And uh, I couldn't actually, the, the people on the marquee, although it's changed now that Trevor, <laughs> Trevor's out, uh, were really the first wrestlers that we went along with Darren Corbin, but we wanted to announce him separately. Um, we're the first wrestlers we, we asked to be on the show. Uh, we've worked, I've worked with, with Billy and, and, and Blair. Uh, the only one not Trevor was Trevor, but he was highly recommended by a lot of people. Eric Cannon, of course, Colt and, and Bessies. These were the first people we asked to be on the show because um, we wanted to make sure that our card matched our vibe and what we plan on doing in the future. And to have these premier, what I would say, the premier independent wrestlers um, around the country uh, to, to highlight this first show was, was a no-brainer, and we wouldn't be able to do it without them. Now, that's going to be an amazing tag team match. Uh, and Matt Fitchett even having some single successes of late as well as he just became the AAW Pro Champion. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, something really cool that, you know, they're both been successful as a tag team and um, independent of each other. And yeah, the new AW champion, which, uh, which is awesome. Um, so congrats to him. And uh, one thing we've also been is like, we're, I'm a big believer in collaboration. I'm a big believer that um, success of others does not impinge the success of another brand. So uh, almost every week that we're not operating, we're, we're retweeting and reposting the accomplishments of our talent, uh, which have been plentiful over the last couple of weeks. We've had like five new champions just that were on our card. Uh, and, you know, we've, we've reached out to, you know, Warrior Wrestling's hosting a show the same day. You know, someone reached out, I don't know what to do. And we, and both Warrior and, our, and us said, do both. You know, it's a little bit of a drive, but like make it a whole day. Um, and we're, we're happy for them. Their success should come and, and they should be happy and be successful. And it's an hour away from us. We don't feel it's like down the street where it's going to, hurt us uh, where we want them to be successful just as hopefully they want us to be successful. Yeah, that, that's kind of cool. I was wondering about that as well. There's also a, a Gali Lucha Libre show later that night too. And I believe some of the warrior talent is doing double duty. They're going to be doing both shows. We did have some plans working to maybe try to get one or two of these individuals on all three shows, but it just never came to fruition. But there was talk of that. And um, yeah, that sounds awesome. That'd be a great uh, road trip diary to see the wrestlers actually travel from site to site and then, you know, kind of interact through their match and then get back in the car and go to another show. Yeah. I mean, that's what happens. WrestleMania week, right? People are doing multiple shows and wrestlers have been out of work. A lot of them for the pandemic or minimal work. So if you can squeeze in three shows, you know, one, one wrestler did ask and, you know, we said, if you can make it work, then we're happy for you. I'll do my best to put you early on in the card so that you can live your dream. Like, you know, I had a principal and, and, and Eric Cannon and I, when we went into business together um, with First Wrestling and, and the synagogue, we really had one principle, which I learned very quickly, which is if you make the wrestlers happy and you make the venue happy and you make the sponsors happy, and you make the, the promoter happy, the fans are happy. Everyone wins. And there's a lot of gaps there um, for, for other promoters. And uh, that's, it's not easy. It's not easy. This has been a labor of love and blood, sweat and tears, literally. But I think it's possible. And uh, that's what we hope to do. 
Sounds like an awesome show. So uh, I'll run it down here real quick. Second Wrestling's debut. It's Creation, Sunday, December the 12th at Bernard Weinger, JCC in Northbrook. Lots of great stars. Eric Cannon, Blair Onyx, Billy Starks, Drama King, Matt Raywald, Dan the Dad, the besties in the world against the Bang Bros, which could be the match of the night, in my opinion, just looking at that. I'm like, as soon as I heard you say that, I'm like, that's going to be amazing. Pick and pop, Colt Cabana from AEW and the Dark Order, former WWE Cruiserweight Champion Swaggle, Darren Corbin, and so much more. So can you give us the ticket information for the show and any other pertinent info? Yeah, it's on Eventbrite. Uh, you can just type in second with a two uh, and you should be able to find them. Uh, the general admission are $15, ringside are 30. There's not that many ringside left, so get those tickets quickly. Um, you know, we're, we're excited to put this show on. Uh, you know, another talent, which we haven't really announced per se, but is Free Range Kara, who's a phenomenal wrestler up at First Wrestling in, in, uh, in Minnesota. And I, I'm not sure this is her debut in Chicago. I haven't asked her that, but people should really pay attention to her. She's she's great. She'll be on the card as well. Sounds great. Um, before we let you go, we always ask our guests uh, to promote their social media. If you have any merchandise, whatever upcoming events you got. So go ahead. You have the floor. Sure. Thank you. So uh, you can follow uh, Second Wrestling at Second Wrestling on Twitter and Facebook. That's where we are now. After the show, we'll have a, a YouTube page for sure. I'm Rabbi Jeremy Fine, uh, both on Facebook, uh, Twitter, and I think Instagram as well. I don't spend too much time on there. Uh, and, and also the great Rabino, if you want to watch this Jewish sports stuff, that's on, mostly on Twitter. Uh, what else? You know, I, I think that's the big thing is like, come out, enjoy a great afternoon. If you're in the North suburbs, obviously we're uh, uh, new to the area. We're, we're, we're working on venue two to, to hopefully have announced uh, soon. And, and we have, you know, and finished this tournament. The belt is in. Um, merchandise is, not, is being sold at the, the show. There's second wrestling shirts and then uh, posters. And then we'll also have uh, Rabbi Fine, the holiest man in wrestling shirt. So those will be available there too. Uh, <laughs> and I'm sure we'll do more creative stuff. You know, everything I've learned is like a baby step. And we want to really, the brand, what we really want to do is make a very kid and family friendly show. Maybe do one racy show a year, but for the most part, I was joking. It was like, we could never put Killer Cross and Scarlet Bordeaux on our show, right? That wouldn't <laughs> translate to the little kids. Uh, but we could do maybe one wrestling show where they're featured and tell the kids to stay home at night. Uh, and we, but you know, we're going to grow. So you'll see a lot of elements at the show that are very kid friendly, family friendly, and uh, we're going to continue to build on that um, and hopefully have like a, a kid sort of wrestling wrestlemania type thing uh one day that's that's the that's the big goal rabbi fine thank you so much for joining us and uh good luck and uh, we'll see you down the line sounds good appreciate right. it very excited for second wrestling's debut show creation that's Sunday, December the 12th, up at Northbrook. Great conversation with Rabbi Jeremy Fine. A lot of good stuff coming out of that interview. And I'm personally very excited to see some of the talent on that show. 
the besties in the world against the Bang Bros. That's going to be an amazing match. The championship tournament, which should have some twists and turns to that as well. AEW star Colt Cabana and a whole lot more. All right. Coming up next week, very excited to welcome for the very first time the man behind Fusion Wrestling. Returning after a long absence on December the 10th to Villa Park. The man is also responsible for helping out some of Chicago's brightest up-and-coming independent wrestling stars. Next week on the show, Doug Simmons joins us for the very first time. You're listening to Windy City Slam. So long, everybody.